Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Here we go, 365 Sports. Barry Trammell, selloutcrowd.com, longtime columnist, and also now has his podcast that he does, uh, is with us on 365 Sports with Craig and David and also, Paul. Barry, thanks for your time. How do you like the podcast business? Well, I like it just fine. Uh, the good news is I'm getting to do, still do all the writing. You know, I'm writing as much as ever or, you know, close to it. Then you're adding the podcasting and video. Of course, you, a face like mine, you just got to put it on video. The, the, the math is demanding. Yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, there's always the video element. Uh, they told me today. They told me the other day. Uh, we need to scoot farther back in the camera. <laughs> so uh, they literally, they literally told me that. So, mm. uh, but that's the way it goes. But we're having a blast. Uh, you know, I've been newspapers for forty-five years. Started when I was seventeen, mm. and uh, now not. You know, last month, six weeks, haven't been working for a newspaper. So, been a little bit of a a culture shift. But uh, we're having a having a blast. Jenny Carlson came with me my longtime colleague at the Oklahoman, so we're having a good time. Well, we have not had more fun than we've had the last three-plus years since we began ours back in April of 2020, so that's good to hear. Now, do you know who Oklahoma is right now? Uh, Yes, I think I do, actually. I think I do. Um, They're a pretty good football team, and they're very much – they're at least what they were last year. And – when people hear that, they say, what are you talking about? They were 6-7 and seven last year. But they were an okay football team last year. They just lost all their close games. You know, you can't lose all your close games. The close games are toss-up. Anybody can win a close game. And OU really, I think they played five one-possession games. They lost them all. So they were really like a 8-5, and 9-4 type team. Still below OU standards. They were a pretty good teams, just happened to have, you know, bad luck or, or ill fortune, whatever you want to call it. So that's about, I think that's the baseline for where they're at now. Now, if you're an optimist, you think, hey, go down and beat Texas, and all of a sudden you're in the playoff hunt, which would be true. I don't know if they can beat Texas, but I do think this is a pretty good Oklahoma team. Snake bit last year. So far this year, not so much snake bit. 
Do you think that is comfort in the system, maturity? Is there is there one thing that stands out to you with this group that that they are able to do that so far this year? Is where last year that they if they were given an opportunity to trip, they tripped. Yeah, well, two things. One is um, the schedule has been very easy, it's the easiest schedule in OU football history. Twelve games on the schedule. Six of the twelve games are against schools that were not in a Power 5 conference last year. They got three non-conference games. SMU was the toughest. Uh, they also uh, get, got three. They get three of the uh, four newcomers to the Big 12, Central Florida, U Cincinnati, um, UCF. So schedule's incredibly easy. And as we know, you know, the Big 12's sort of down. It's a down year for the Big 12. But they have improved in some ways. They did a nice job in the portal. They went and got some good defensive players in the portal. So pretty clearly the defense should be better, and it, and it certainly looks better. So that's good. Um, is it is it elite defense? I don't think so. We'll start finding out Saturday. But uh, I, I do. there is reason to think they're marginally better uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball and probably about as good on offense as they, uh, as they were. Barry, what questions do you still have about this team? What what are the glaring issues, and maybe glaring is too strong of a word even given what we've seen so far, but what are the pressing issues as you enter a game against the likes of Texas? Well, they're not running the ball very well. That's never good. Right. When, uh, when you, especially in the Cotton Bowl against Texas, the team that runs the ball better usually wins that game. So... OU historically has run it pretty good, run it pretty good against Texas. On occasion, they've sort of blossomed in the Cotton Bowl with the running game. Either new wrinkles or just, you know, sort of mature at the right time. I don't know if that'll happen Saturday. tend to think it won't, but it could. That's, that's the biggest thing. And just how they hold up in a tight game because, as we said, they haven't been playing tight games. Good chance this is a tight game. We'll see how they do. You wrote a column, and you spoke with uh, Chris Del Conte, the AD at Texas, and, and this is something you'll see. I don't know if it's Sarkeesian who mentioned this or what, but bigger bodies, bigger people. Uh, and he mentioned that to you as well. As, uh, they've gotten bigger, and they're just mauling people. That doesn't mean they're flawless, but they're just like the offensive line is like this huge brick wall, and the defensive line can run, and they're also big. Is that kind of what you got out of it? Yeah, what I asked Chris was, I said, you know, you hired Steve Sarkeesian, who had time in the SEC. And what what did you guys need to do to prepare? I don't know that, you know, in at least at Norman and Austin, this has been a constant refrain is, are you SEC ready? Are you mm-hmm. SEC ready? I personally think that's an overrated question. Nobody needs to get ready to play Florida and Tennessee. We're talking about Alabama and Georgia. So what we really mean is, are you Alabama ready? Are you Georgia ready? That kind of thing. And I asked him, so are you Alabama ready? Are you Georgia ready? And he said, when I hired Steve, he uh, or he was actually already the coach, I guess. Yeah, when the news broke. But when he went to Steve and said, we're going to the SEC. What do we need to do? And Sarkeesian said, we got to get bigger. said, those guys are just as fast as the Big 12, and they're bigger. So – uh, Sarkeesian made it a point to get get his guys bigger. And it's, as you said, they're bigger on both lines. 
and that's a massive difference. And so if they do well uh, playing this big, then that's going to be nice. Uh, that's going to be a nice uh, prognostication for how the Horns could hold up in the SEC. Is George, is Oklahoma ready for Alabama and Georgia? Uh, the answer is no. I don't actually don't even think Texas is, but um, I think I think both of them are ready for everybody else. Uh, the SEC is overrated. Doesn't mean they're not the best conference. It just means they're overrated, and they're overrated because people start saying, "Oh, Mississippi State's good," you know, Kentucky's good, you know, Kentucky's got a pretty good program. Mississippi State been to a bowl game twelve straight years, those kind of things. But a lot of their success is manufactured. And the idea that going to Kentucky is tougher than going to Iowa State, well, that's just nonsense. The idea that, you know, the idea that, uh, let's pick somebody, uh, Arkansas is, is better than Texas Tech, well, that doesn't hold up. The idea that Tennessee has something over TCU, it's not 1954. So, you know, the – the difference in the SEC is Alabama and Georgia. So that's what that's what's got to scare the Sooners and the Longhorns. And frankly, Texas's victory at Alabama is a is a big deal. I thought when that happened, that made me feel a lot better about Texas's chances in the SEC, and a little bit better about OU, to be honest. Barry, what have you thought about the growth of Danny Stutzman? I know he got banged up in this last game. It appears he's going to be okay. But I know that there was just a lot of hangering in general the last few years with the defense. Uh, but last season, him, you know, having some growing pains of his own. But uh, what have you seen? It seems like he's gotten off to a great start. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a legitimate uh, playmaker. I don't think he's like he's not he's not in the pantheon of great OU line bay. He's not Rod Showed or Brent Bosworth or Teddy Lehman. Right. Um the the sooner standards have fallen quite a bit, which I think, you know, everybody from Baylor to Iowa State knows that. So I just uh I think he's a really good player and on a defense that's just starving for stars, there's been a migration towards um Danny Sessman. But he's what they need. He's a really good player making plays. You don't have to be Brian Bosworth. They'll, they'll take somebody that just can tackle the tailback right now. So, uh, And he's been doing that. So, you know, I, I applaud it. Barry, uh, the pressure of being the head coach at Oklahoma, no matter who it's been, everybody's had to kind of, you know, Bob Stoops took over a horrible program and then second year wins the national title. And then Lincoln Riley takes over a program that was fine and healthy and really, really good. Where was Brent Venables, and, and is how important is it for him to get uh, one a win against Texas first of all, but also a team that's not just okay as you mentioned if they win a couple of close games at eight and four or nine and four? Yeah, it, beating Texas would really help because that's been the standard for a long time for Oklahoma. It's not that you have to beat Texas and everything else is fine, but if you do beat Texas, it means the program's in pretty good shape. Because winning that game is hard. And not too many Oklahoma coaches have survived long losing streaks against Texas. In fact, going back to World War II, there's only been one Oklahoma coach that lost his first two games against Texas, and that was Gary Gibbs. And um, generally speaking, you got to be successful against Texas 
to have a secure, nice uh, run of success. So uh, he needs to win, particularly since he lost 49 to nothing last year. (laughs) If you go down there and lose to Texas last year, I don't know, 27 to 10 with, with a backup quarterback, people would say, well, yeah, you know what? He couldn't do much. But they got beat 49 to nothing. They didn't even really run an offense. They ran the, the Wildcat good part of the day. And, frankly, it was the best part of their offense. So uh, they just were they were just horsewhipped is what would happen. So you can't go down there and get dominated again or all kinds of red flags come up. So I would recommend Brent, number one, win. And if you don't win, um, play close. And number three, if you don't win, but you're able to play close, win in the rematch in Arlington if you get one. So that's my advice for for Brent Venable's job security. So, yeah, so if you don't win, uh, you better not lose again to anybody else to make sure that you're sitting there staring them in the face. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Get, get that chance to... Get that chance to uh, play him again. Yeah, by all means. Barry, what, uh, I don't want to say scares you, but what uh, stands out to you uh, for Oklahoma's from Oklahoma's perspective about Texas that uh, could be the most dangerous of the biggest issues that they run into on Saturday? Well, I think Texas defense is pretty good. I think it's going to be hard to run. I mentioned the OU running game. Uh, they could get after Dylan Gabriel. He's pretty good in the, in, in, on the run, a really good scrambler. Can make big plays, but he's also not very big. Uh, he could get battered up and bruised. And I think Texas could conceivably uh, control the running game when when the Horns have the ball. So if Texas can run, and oh, you can't. Uh, there's not very many avenues to victory. That's generally a way you're going to go home a loser. So that to me is is problematic. Um, OU's kicking game has not been great. Now, field goal kicker is not overly reliable. This game comes down to a 44-yard field goal in the last minute. And I don't know. If, you know, I, I, I don't know that OU wants to be kicking it to try to win it. So, um, I, I do think though that uh, the circumstances were an aberration last year. So I do think the teams are closer in talent than than the score showed. And I do think Venables has them believing in themselves and has them playing better defense. So I think it could be a, a good close game. And if you get to the fourth quarter of a close game, anything can happen. Barry, if you don't mind, uh, up in Stillwater, they're in a mess. And they were last year after a pretty good start. And Gundy has been there for nearly two decades with winning, winning, winning. Where is the heat meter? And what is the story, in your opinion, with Oklahoma State football? Heat meter's high, but he's hard to fire culturally, and he's hard to fire economically. He's got a big buyout, and he's a, you know, he's a OSU legend in a lot of ways, and dang it, 11 and a half months ago, his team was ranked ninth in the country. Yeah. So it, it's been a precipitous fall, but here's basically what happened. They get, OSU as a coach, it's not crazy about the, the new age college football. Mm-hmm. It's not crazy about the portal doesn't really want to work NIL much. And, you know, that's okay. People can certainly feel that way. I think it's great if you feel that way. But it's not conducive to winning football games. And if you don't like the new ways, you got to get out of the game. OSU got hammered in the portal. 
I mean, they lost eight starters. They lost nine starters, actually. One of them was a starter they didn't mind losing. But they lost nine starters in the portal, and they were all ball players. Here's where those guys went. A defensive end went to OU. A linebacker went to Southern Cal, and by the way, is the defensive captain at, at USC right now. A safety is starting at Notre Dame. A corner is starting at Washington. Spencer Sanders, the quarterback, went to Ole Miss. Dominic Richardson is down there at Baylor leading the Bears in rushing, a tailback. They had uh, an offensive tackle, went to Brigham Young. Three receivers left, and they went to Wisconsin, Houston, and TCU. Those are programs, most of them, those are big-time programs that bring in top-flight players. So that's a lot of talent. OSU brought in a bunch of talent, but it wasn't from Washington and Notre Dame and Oklahoma and and Baylor and TCU. So they just got hammered in the portal. And we do a lot of good stories, you know, in, in general, the media. We'll come up Michigan State two years ago, Colorado this year, down uh, not too far from you guys, Texas State. Mm-hmm. Oh, G.J. Kenny's done a nice job with that massive makeover. On the mid on the mid major level, but the same thing happens in a negative way. Teams get wiped out in the portal, and that's a lot of what's going on at OSU. They just they don't have enough good ball players. Barry, appreciate it. Enjoy the podcast life; it's great. And also, you continue to write the columns. We appreciate your time on Texas OU and also the Nuggets on Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. Have a great week. You bet. See you Thank later. You. That's Barry Trammell. Selloutcrowd.com is the website, does many columns for him, and also the podcast, as he mentioned, with Jenny Carlson. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.